All right. Okay, so introducing myself, I'm Casey Uphews, and like I said, I've got two boys, nine and seven. It's weird because they're in the birthday ages, so I have to like check. And I've, uh, oh, mm -hmm. I've been married to my husband for almost 14 years. We've been watermarked for 13. And um, the fact that I'm teaching on finances is laughable um, for a multitude of reasons. <laughs> um, one is I did have a big upbringing of finances. My parents were huge savers, huge tithers. They were not big spenders. Um, but for me and my, and, and this is actually one of our struggles and for my husband and I as budgets and everything in, for, in our community group. But, um, but I, in the Christmas of 2014, which is really crazy to say that it was almost five years ago, um, we had an a change in our life where my husband lost his job, and that was one of those moments where this became a defining part of our journey. Um, it was an opportunity for us. Clearly, the Lord had a lesson for us to learn in it, and that we needed to rethink and get a new perspective on finances in our life and it's one of those seasons that I look back and like most things that if the Lord takes you through that are really hard I see so much growth and joy in it didn't like sitting in it in the moment but um, for me I really um, I really kind of look back and see that it was a time that was a lesson that I needed to learn and I'll talk a little bit more about it kind of throughout um, so we all have those early experiences of finances, how it shaped us, how, how we treat them, if we're a spender, saver, giver, whatever we lean in or struggle with. And um, really, for me, uh, I have a very pivotal point where I recognized that I was very different from everybody in my family. And it's, um, it's come to bite me or it's been a good learning moment. But I have... Um, I, I love to work. So I, I got a job when I was 15. Um, my parents would go drive me to this wonderful um, costume jewelry store where I worked in the back with the ladies and I made some jewelry, but then they let me put in the floor so I could work the cash register. It was very exciting. And um, because my parents were savers and givers, but not spenders, I wanted more money. <laughs> if they weren't gonna buy me the things that, um, that I wanted, then I was gonna make it. So I got this job at 15, and I have very specific memories of opening up my checking account and getting a check. And with that opportunity of making money came the opportunity for me to spend it on whatever I wanted, hypothetically without my parents' um, intervention. And so that came really specifically in a choice that I made for something that I had to have was 15 and there was a style that had come in and it was Doc Martens and I had to have Doc Martens. I have a picture. Mm -hmm. I have a picture. Look at these beautiful Ooh. feminine things of the 90s. No, I don't still have them. I just have a pic. No, thank you, clip art. No, this is, thank you, Google Images. Um, I literally typed in vintage Doc Martens from the 1990s and hey, hey, hey. Okay, so I had to have these Doc Martin boots, but they were over $100. And in our house, we did not buy anything <laughs> that was going to clothe our body for over 100, not even a prom dress. I mean, like, my parents were insanely frugal, but I had my sights on them. I expressed it to my mother. I still couldn't drive, but she still drove me. And I have very specific memories of telling her this is what I was gonna do and seeing all the disappointment in her face. Oh, I made, I made $4.25 an hour. Yeah, I made $4.25 an hour. I had saved up. I had saved up over a long period of time, making $4.25 an hour to buy these hundred-dollar Doc Martin boots. And I just really have a very specific memory 
of telling my parents and, and, and doing it, them allowing me to do it, but I even called my sister to fact check myself because I was like, do you remember this moment? Because I, I have to remember it was a big disappointment for my parents. And she's like, oh yeah, I have very spe specific memories of sitting in the car with mom without you and her just talking and being so concerned with your materialism, <laughs> which makes me laugh, um, <laughs> and, and how she just couldn't believe that I was gonna spend the money on these. And, um, but that moment in time for me was pivotal because it was, it was, it was an opportunity for me to use resources that I had and know that my choices affected other people negatively. And what was I gonna do with that? And even seeing that I was very different from my parents. So that's a lot of what we're gonna talk about is what your kids are gonna learn that might be different from you and how you can help them along. I really wish um, my parents would have maybe talked to me a little bit through. I just felt the shame and judgment. I knew where they stood, but um, my mom didn't talk to me about my heart and her concerns for materialism. She unfortunately talked to my sister and I wish I would have loved to have that opportunity for her to kind of pour into me and, and talk me through that. So whether you handle money well in the past or you know if your past is sorted with bad choices and debt and all of that stuff, your personal experiences have most likely informed your view of money and it will be the same for your kids. Um, so we, but, but you're here because you want to teach your kids the biblical principles so it will go well for them. What does the Lord say about money? How should we steward our, our resources? And we want their hearts to be tethered to the Lord. We want um, their hearts to not be tethered to the things of this world. We want them to know that the dangers of opening up a credit card in the quad at college, like we probably all had access to, and what that could do to them, which is probably not even going to exist when our kids are in college, but that's fine. So um, money is the number one competitor for their hearts. It's a huge competitor for our hearts, and the life lessons that we learn on how to handle it are typically caught and not taught, just like my example with my parents. Um, our example is huge and seeing the example that my parents gave about tithing and saving and the joy that they found in it really impacted me. I still am a spender, that's my natural, that's my bend, but I saw they were amazing examples of just giving to the Lord and to his kingdom and how that just plants seeds of um, contentment in your life when you know you are giving back because it's not yours to begin with. So um, give, your, give yourself permission to say that you may have not been wise in the past, but you have the right and the obligation to teach your kids. It doesn't matter if you think you know anything or you're savvy or not, like you can start now and teach your kids. Having a plan is really important. Talking to them about um, finances is really something that you can start, as early, start really early. Um, but this is where it gets into, is it, um, oh wait, I'm skipping, I won't skip. Um, so having a plan is important. Talk, your spouse, even you and your spouse might disagree on this. And so um, having a plan with them, knowing that goals and priorities can change with each child within each season. Um, when they're young, you're just teaching them so much smaller, so much smaller things than you are when they're when they actually are making major money on their own when they're teens and tweens. So um, the thing that I will repeat over and over again, and it's so funny how the Lord works because Elizabeth totally said it in her mentor mom moment was just the knowing your child is the pivotal point of all of this. You can learn all of these strategies, you can know all these tactics, but learning your child what their bend is 
what um, what is the goal that you want to teach them when you or not even a goal but when you see them struggling how can you pour into them so both of my boys are pretty cheerful givers but my oldest son is not a great saver he um, he loves to give to get and he loves to spend so this opportunity actually going through this and learning and kind of seeing diving in to see what god's word is has been really good for me to see that we've had some we have some areas of growth <laughs> that i need to start pouring into him of why saving is important and why not spending everything you have is can be a struggle and can be can get you into trouble i've got another one that doesn't like to work he just likes to get he doesn't want to work for anything so this was this is a really good reminder for me to see that we need to start teaching him and giving him the opportunity to work and earn um, <clears throat> so what are your what are your child's strengths and weaknesses what do you see are areas where um, you can challenge them more you can encourage them to grow areas you can pray for them about there are some muscles that most likely they need to start flexing um, so one of the things as we get into these different buckets, you will, um, there's some major themes just in all, you know, we're not, I'm not going to teach you today about just the general biblical, how money and finances, I'm going to go, a lot, this is a lot of how-to and strategies, but one thing I want you to know that it's a given throughout all of this is that the major theme that everything we have is God's, and that is something that you absolutely need to continue to pour in that is just a overall arching theme he's asking us to be part of his plan by loving others financially being generous having an attitude of gratitude and um, the verse that I have I believe at the top of your sheet is the um, yours God yours Lord is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours and that's first Chronicles 29 11 just teaching them that everything is God's is going to be a easy foundation just to constantly reiterate in your home and then it's all about the heart and um, how we think about God is often reflected in how we think about money and that is something that you can continue to pour into what you're thinking about money son or daughter is what you're probably thinking about God if they've got a scarcity or if they're really worried like that's something that you can pour in and see how their heart might um, might be believing a lie and not a truth um, not that they'll get more money, if, you know, but that they'll be more generous with what they have is what we really want um, them to know. So today we're going to break down four different kind of pillar principles that when done well will help lay the foundation. These four principles, as you see on your sheet, are earning, giving, saving, and spending, which are all things that you already know. So you're like, great, she's going to teach me something I already know. But these aren't the essentials of the faith. These are convictions and opinions. So I just want you to know that all of this that I'm teaching you is, is something that just from what we've learned. Um, this isn't a pivotal in our salvation, about our salvation, and that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior and has risen from the dead. These are things that we are going to differ on. And I definitely will have Q&A at the end. Love to talk about it. Let's, you know, let's just know that these, these are some takeaways that, um, that I've seen, but they are not essentials of the faith. faith. Um, we'll also be discussing basically within each bucket i'm gonna you know things that you can help teach and model to your kids and then we'll talk through tools and tactics that you can use to help implement um god's values into those into each of those principles our goal in, as parents is ultimately just to raise good adults and um so having a plan and and knowing what that end game is when they're 18 and you launch them can start now. You can start planning everything that you do now. So th this verse that I think I also have on the top, I should have gotten those. Here, hand me one of those sheets, make sure. 
I'm not going off script. Um, thank you. Is is this one? I love this Second Corinthians verse, and because it really challenged me, where it says, "But as we excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us." see that you also excel in this grace of giving. And I just think that speaks so volumes to this topic, speaks volumes to this topic. We so oftentimes focus on faith and speech and all these other pillars, but if we learn the grace of giving and just that because we have been given much, we are to give to others, that's all, that's, that's the secret sauce, you know, like just teaching them to be generous because he loves us, loved us, we want to love others. <coughs> and that, and that economy is, is just, financially through through giving financially all right so let's um, open up in this first bucket which is this first principle which is earning um, this verse Proverbs 10 4 says lazy hands make a poor man but diligent hands bring wealth so I want y'all to think about I shared the story about my first job but I want to think about want you to think about your first job um, that first paycheck that you got and think about how it made you feel you all of a sudden had cash money. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to are you going to spend it? Are you going to be cautious? Are you going to blow it? All of those things of how you had that first paycheck. Um, did it change how you felt about working? Like when you realized that you had money, did it make you want to work more, or did you recognize that job you were doing was not really worth it? That that amount of money was not worth what I did. So it that first paycheck. Is, is kind of a good indicator of how you felt about earning money and working at that point in your life. The value of, of money has, it, it changed when you worked for it and it became accessible to you. So when kids earn money, they treat it differently, just like we, earn, we did in that first paycheck. You start treating money differently when you earn it. So um, my mom had a recipe card box, an index card box, we called it the chore box. And she had written everything you could possibly imagine that you could do in a home to make money. And she put a dollar amount to it, a cent amount, five cents, 10 cents, 25 cents, 50 cents. And my sister and I knew throughout the summer that if we wanted to make some extra cash, we could just flip through that little box, pull out the cards that we wanted, or she would pull out, that's the other thing she would do, she wouldn't let us go willy-nilly, she would pull out like 25 cards of like, these are the things that need to be done, and we would go through and sort out and kind of figure out the, the chores that we wanted to do. So that was one of the, um, one of the tasks that my mom always used growing up. So I saw the benefit of, if you're willing to do that work, this is the price point to it. Now listen, baseboards were a dollar. Nobody cleaned baseboards. <laughs> we did not care about that dollar. But all the other ones, it's so funny because she would totally price it to the, to the level of what it was. But, um, but we would earn a lot of 25 and 50 cents things. Another thing that um, I always laugh at is that my mom worked for a, um, she had a side hustle for, as a um, secretary for a, 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 an evan evangelistic singer. He was a guy that would go around and sing at all the different um, services. This is totally the 80s. And, um, and she was his secretary. She would stuff and, and, and stamp all of his flyers that he would send out to all of his, his fans. And um, I loved stuffing and stamping those envelopes. So I always say, if you've got a side hustle, your kids can totally help you with things. Um, but uh, under this first box of teach them, I really think that a really good key thing to teach them is that money comes from work. And they need to learn that. 
teaching them to work shows them that they can make money in our economy. That is how they're going to make money as adults. If they do something, they will get rewarded for it. So they val you value things more when you work for them. And there's, dig there's dignity and pride that comes when, when for work when you have a sense of accomplishment. Just like if you, if you were that kid that had to save up for your car and all of the other friends didn't have to save up for their car, you loved that car. Man, that car was awesome because you worked for it. I loved my car even though I didn't have to work for it as much, but that gas, I was real stingy about my gas because I had to pay for my gas. <laughs> um, so some tactics that I have are um, chores. So y'all all know chores. We know that it's something that we can easily do. I've given you like a really very, very skimpy list of chore ideas. Um, but this is just that it's just the concept of I'm it's so much better if I make a list and have it on the side and so when I realized and recognized my boys need to do something I kind of have something to pull from I was not as organized as my mom and had that recipe box but I do have this list that I kind of oftentimes pull from and um, and there are so many ideas for chores in there even when they're little bitty bitty um, there are there are great ideas of just hey help mommy take this out to the car or help mommy pick up all the socks in your room and put them in your laundry box laundry basket i mean it could be really simple things um but one of the one of the things about chores is, is you can either give them a set list of things to do or you can give them a bulk amount for the week you know like we'll talk about i'll show you all my kind of plan of what what we do but um, if you read up, Dave Ramsey and his daughter Rachel Cruz are really big on you work and you work the chore, you get the money. And they, you know, they often say it needs to be a very, a very obvious exchange of you clean the blinds, you get the 50 cents immediately, or you do it at the end of the week. So um, it's just to give that instant gratification. I'm not that organized. I can't give it to them immediately. I can't do that. Yeah, I can't. I know. I'm going to show you all my system. I can't. Yes, which I have done before. I remember one time where I was like, hey, if you do this, I'll give them a quarter. And I'm like, legit, here's a quarter. I will, I will give you that. Thank you for doing that for me. Paychecks only come every two weeks. Paychecks do only come every two weeks. You are right. So. Like a Venmo account. Yes, I can do exactly like I'm doing a Venmo. I know it's so hard to you have to get that cash. This is this that is definitely something that I do not put in as a tactic, but that is one thing you're going to have to get some cash if you're going to start paying your kids in chores. No, no, no. One time I just went to the bank and got a hundred one dollar bill. Yes. That's good for so many things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And like my husband's my husband's quarter my his his old change thing on top of his dresser it gets hoarded it gets yeah pilfered through a lot. Um, so yes, you can, but the whole point is to give them some form of immediate gratification. If it's either at the moment of their completion of the task or if it's a one day a week, you are giving them that opportunity to know that you will be rewarded for the work that you've done. And um, uh, Mandy brought up actually a, good, a, a really good point when we were talking through this that there's freedom in this that if you are busy and crazy during the school year and it is not like doing chores and pain and all of that stuff is too much then pick it for a season where it's slower Christmas break summer break um, or uh, just give yourself the freedom to know that you can start this and stop this at any point in time if it gets and I a, another funny Dave Ramsey story he he jokes that his his kids think that he gave allowance repeatedly every week and he's like oh my goodness we would skip months at a time they have no memory of that but they they think we gave it to him every week but we were actually not as consistent as, as they think we were so allowances is the next bucket of a lot of another tactic and this is kind of um, 
I see allowance a little bit differently from chores because it's kind of an overarching chores plus, like chores plus responsibilities. Um, you can give allowance just for chores or you can give it for just responsibilities, you can give it for both. But what I caution against is giving an allowance just because. Um, to this point, it's not teaching them anything. They're not earning it. They don't feel this sense of accomplishment unless you are actually telling them and communicating to them those responsibilities. Um, and some, sometimes people ask, you know, when should you start an allowance? What's a good age? We actually started doing allowances at six and nine, but I know that I, you know, some people are like, you can do it as early as four. I mean, so much of it is when you want to start it <laughs> and when you think that they're appropriate, when it's really appropriate, you know, for them and they're going to be able to do it. So let me show you my lovely manage yourself chart that you'll see. This is the, um, this is the visualize. Okay. So this is what we do. <laughs> and this system is not tried and true. It, my sister actually uh, learned this from her children's pastor at one of her churches when they were going through a Love and Logic training class. And, and it was, again, talking about this whole concept of giving your kids responsibility and chores and just them being contributors to your family. So. I will absolutely answer tons of questions about this after Q&A, but I'm going to walk you through it just so you kind of understand it a little bit initially. So um, you'll see that there's a manage yourself chart and then there's an allowance contract. So the allowance contract is basically what you sit down with your kids. And this again, it depends on age, but for, for me as an adult, it just kind of helps to hold me accountable for what I'm telling them to do. Um, but if you will look at this, and kind of see the charts next to each other. Each child, so I'll take my two kiddos' names. So my first one, the one at the top would be Marshall's, and it's Marshall's Manage Yourself chart. I have gone in here and edited all the things that I would like for him to do for managing his body, managing his stuff, managing his school stuff, and managing his attitude. And you will see that there are five stars under each category. And then there's a place for a chore of the week. And that chore of the week is the chore that I put on there that is something that they need to do that week in order to get it's not a it's not a bonus but it's more of like if you don't do this thing this is use your responsibility for the week that i'm giving you so say it's sweep the porch it needs to be something that's not dependent upon your life mothers <laughs> don't make it that if they don't do this it's 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 messing you up meaning load the dishwasher or something you know if that if it's something that need the, the cog needs to keep moving and that is something that if they're because if they don't do it the stakes need to be low because they've lost money if they don't do it but it's okay now um i'm going to give you kind of my scenario of how we utilize it and then i'm going to give you my scenario of how my sister utilizes it because she's got older kids and so she gives them more bank she gives them more money um but then at the underneath there where I have like feed the pets, put away the laundry, those are the other general like these are your chores that you just on a weekly basis need to manage. Okay. So if you'll see each star is worth 10 cents and with um, and so they can make up to $1.50 a week. If they do that chore of the week, whoop, whoop, they get $2. Okay. And that's as simple as we get. So here's how this works for us. And there's two different ways. I, the manager's attitude is where most of my children lose their stars. Um, that's just where we work. And so they know if they are not being kind, they're not helping, they're not listening and obeying, they're not respecting others, using self-control, we will take away a star. If I am really on my A game and I wanna walk up to the room after they left and I see that they have not made their bed 
or they haven't cleaned you know room if there was a task that I asked them their expectation I can just silently and wonderfully take a star away and communicate that later or give them a warning and say hey I'm gonna take a star if you don't have your room clean after school you know today so this is an accountability they have two dollars it's up to them to lose it so it is it is a I'm already loading your bank with two dollars if you are not doing if you're not managing your body managing your stuff all of this these deductions will be made throughout the week and by the end of the week however many stars you have is how much money you get um, the way this looks for my sister is she's got teenagers and they get six dollars a week is their bank six dollars so each star is 25 cents and I tell you this because you can modify this however you want you can put as many stars under each category as you want if, to make the math work so she actually has six stars I think under each category because she's 25 cents a day and they get six dollars if they don't do their chore they lose a dollar so if they don't do their chore of the week they only get five so my whole point of this is this is a really editable system for you to make work for your whole family and it, it is it is chores plus responsibilities um, and you can be really stringent about it or not yes Michelle can you lose attitude stars I mean can you lose school stuff stars for attitude problems or you only lose for that one that one category in that one day? you can make it however you want I mean like so here's here's what I'll say my sister is a big stickler for this she literally will walk the halls out because they're teenagers so she's like here's my expectation you're old enough to know that you're supposed to do this and if they don't do it they don't unload the dishwasher and she knows it's her day she has used it as a um, what's the word I'm looking for and because she has a a child that is a little bit more combative she uses that this is fine you've signed the contract you didn't do it there's you know to take to deep what's the word I'm looking for not yes. decrease de-escalate she de-escalates the situation she can easily just be like you know this is what you're supposed to do and so we're gonna mark it we don't do that as much because I've got a six-year-old and he is not able to manage half of the half so um, managing attitude is usually where we lose most of our stars because they're really good about managing their school stuff that's not an issue for us but again it just <laughs> depends again like find your area of whatever your kid struggles and tweak it for however you want to you the star is just for the day um, like so you're not gonna lose yesterday's school stuff for the week this is not per day today. for the week you could lose all your attitude stars you can lose day. all your attitude stars for the week in one day Whoa. but it's just taking because at the end of the day there it's just against two dollars yeah so it's, it's a discipline tool as well of like hey you've lost a star because you're not being respectful and you lose the money I know sorry look at me this is my community I told him I was like are they gonna it's like you find, come tomorrow and you'll find out what I do <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I, changed, I changed mine because I couldn't do that. Yes, and that's okay. Yes, and I can I can email everybody for this, but it's that whole point of, um, and I don't do it exactly. My sister does this, like she's she's very strategic about it, and I and I am a far less. Yes, she's a lot more militant, but I am far less. But that's what's so nice is I don't feel in bondage of this. Like I just kind of make it work for us. But I wanted to share it with y'all because it's a good system that helps show the responsibilities that they should all have and how kind of you are earning because there are some expectations of responsibilities plus chores here, you know, and kind of going through that. You'll see um, if you go back to the allowance contract, I've listed some things that these are just your daily expectations. These really aren't on here. Um, uh, but this is like this is what we're kind of expecting to do which is laugh because she's laughing Jen's probably laughing at putty away laundry because I'm not really good about asking this to do that um, but 
And then I even say, if you look at that beware, you can lose your allowance by not doing your expectations, complaining and not doing a job. Also bad attitude, bad behavior and throwing fits can cost you money. So it's just that whole like, we want you to be a pleasant citizen. And if you're not, if you're not being a pleasant citizen, then you, you, don't, you don't get paid. What if they won't sign? Oh, I know, right? You might have the ones that don't sign. I, they, mine were excited about it because they love the opportunity to be like, we're going to get $2? That sounds amazing, you know? Um, so that, we can definitely talk more about uh, this chart as you marinate on it. But um, yes, ed- it's totally editable. And I can, I can email it to everybody um, after this. So that is our manage yourself chart. Another example that um, of tactics is entrepreneurship. And this is totally how your kid is wired. If your child wants to make a product, sell a service, sell a product, they want to make a bracelet, do a lemonade stand, they want to be um, a mommy's helper, a babysitter, a mower, a window cleaner, a physical laborer, great. Like that is a wonderful tactic to use that gives that shows them and puts them out there and sure go um none of us have older kids so i'll save my older kids examples but there were some really funny ones as i was researching of a mom that gets her daughter that has a teenager to help her do online shopping she's like you know she's like hey i need to buy some curtains they need to be gray they need to be um this link here's some stores i want to go you go online price shop for me and bring it back to me and i'll pay you it i'll pay you a dollar you know it saves time or she's or she also does a lot of presentations and so she needs a lot of photography like like pictures so she's like oh go online find me things and bring it back so she's like i kind of use her as my assistant like (laughs) so that i was like that's really smart oh and if you do consignment like those babies put you things on hangers and sticker all of those all of those things so what you gonna do when you get that when they get that money my next tactic is you need a bank um, don't buy those ceramic banks I hate those ceramic banks why do they make ceramic banks they can't touch them they can't they can't they're gonna break them <laughs> like, that's me crazy I can't yes I can't stand ceramic banks so Get them a plastic jar where they can see, where they can see their little amounts building that gets them so excited, um, where they can watch their money grow. Um, as, you, as we're talking through, you can get different banks with different, for different purposes. Get them a spending bank, a saving bank, a giving bank, or a spending bank and envelopes for saving or envelope for giving, something that if, you, if they're not trustworthy, you can keep <laughs> for them. Um, one of the things that, um, a lot of watermark families use is a program called faith and finances for kids and it is a wonderful teaching tool that i don't actually use but i know you can you pay and it's it's just a ministry where they their heart is to teach kids on how to manage money and um that is a really good resource you can um, check it out but it's faithandfinancesforkids.com but you can buy their banks and buy their whole program they have like a parent kit and kids kits and it's a whole system um, but that's definitely another resource. Dave Ramsey has that kids. And David Ramsey also has a kids thing. Yes. And I can't remember the name. I should have written it down. Yeah, it's like Smart Kids Junior. Smart is that that one is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Google it. Okay. So our next bucket, giving. Um, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first with the first fruits <coughs> of all your crops. Proverbs um, three nine. As I said, my parents were really good. Um, givers and I with what they had and I grew up in my little church we had the little envelopes the little giving tithe envelopes and we would actually get our allowance on Sunday and my parents would lay it out with our envelope 
with the expectation that we were going to be putting our quarters in that envelope to turn into Sunday school. And um, I remember feeling like super awesome that I got to bring my envelope and drop it in the box at Sunday school. And I just, oh my goodness, that was so amazing. Now, I definitely had some seasons where I did not fill that envelope and was completely selfish. But I have those memories of just loving to give and think and feeling so special that I, I had something to contribute to my church. So if everything we have is God's, then teaching our kids to give back and be generous is the key to teaching them how God has equipped his people to care for his people and for others. We love because he first loved us and we give because of his love for us. So um, on this part, I have it kind of breaking out for teach them and why. So why do we teach them to give? And we give because it's an expression of our love for God. Um, so that's the why. We do it because God loves us and that is and by showing his love. And we also, to our point, like everything is his. So we want to give back. Now the Old Testament principle about the tithe, the one which means um, one-tenth, was what the Lord commanded the Israelites to give to the body. Um, and it was in Leviticus 2730, it said, A tithe is everything from the land, whether grain from soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy and to the Lord. But right now, we're not under that law. We are under grace, um, as it says in Romans 614. So even though the tithe isn't something that we're, the 10% tithe that he commanded the Israelites to do isn't something that we're actually compelled to give now, it's a great guideline to still teach your kids if you're trying to give them a good example of God's way. And um, I, all this next section of the how of teaching them how to give is all pulled from a Real Truth Real Quick that Todd did on tithing. So I highly recommend for you to go back and watch that if you want a little bit more information. Um, but that first give is to teach our kids to give first. That um, Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. So that first one is we wanna teach them to give first. So when we do give them our allowance or their chore money, we wanna encourage them to give that and pull out what they're gonna give. Let them put it in their little Ziploc baggie so they can put it in the slot um, at Watermark or to pass in a, the offering plate. Um, we want to teach them uh, to give cheerfully is the next one, to give cheerfully. Not under compulsion, as, um, but to give as you're able to give. Um, and that 10, like I said, that 10% tithe can be a really good starting place to teach them, but we want them to focus on the heart. So we want them to be able to give a cheerful giver. And so uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Um, the third one is don't give to get. Um, so don't give to meet a requirement. Don't give to get noticed. We know there's so many stories in God's word about, about that. Um, Acts 20, 35 says it's more blessed to give than receive. Um, funny enough, when we were going through and I was preparing for this lesson, the Lord gave me an amazing parenting moment and, and story to share with all of y'all about the whole giving to get concept. And that is from my oldest child, or actually both my children. So we, our school does the uh, jump rope for heart which is where you get 
to jump rope and raise money and do all the things. And their little PE teacher gives them a brochure of all the things that they can get if they give. It's an amazing array of plastic keychain tchotchkes. And so my boys came home. They were so excited because I typically give to the American Heart Association for them every year. And so they know they might get actually a little bit of a tchotchke. But this year I was like, no, no, can't do that because I'm learning new things as I teach this lesson. So I told them, okay, you guys go look in your banks, see what you, if you'd like to give, great. I mean, they watched a video. They totally got it. They're like, there are kids that have hearts in need of our care. And I was like, great. That's fantastic. Go check out what you've got. Let me know what you want to give and I will match it. And um, so my oldest child comes down with a $20 bill, $20 bill. He has never wanted to put a $20 bill in that watermark uh, giving slot. So I was like, you stinker. <laughs> and so I told him, so he knew that if I give, if he gave 20, I would give 40 and he would get that plush panda bear keychain, plush, <laughs> plush panda bear. And I was like, oh. And so it, like my inside voice was totally judging, but I was like, nope, nope, nope. This is a teachable moment. This is a teachable moment, <laughs> teachable moment. So we talked through. I made sure that he knew like this is why you're giving this it's not to get this thing but this and, and I even said hey you've never even wanted to give this to the church like we've asked you to give multiple times and so just kind of pour into that but I was but then also this is so generous and like I just love your generous heart I love your generous I mean giving $20 that's awesome so definitely a lesson and a praise all in there my sweet youngest was like I want a stuffed and a bear keychain, but he did not have $20 to give. So he pulled out his thing and he had $4. And I was like, that is so awesome. He was so tickled pink to give those $4. So he gave his $4, I matched it. He got his one or two, whatever it was on his form. And they were so excited. And it, But it was a really good for lesson for me to look, look, y'all are wanting to give because you're getting something. And I just want you to see that that's not how it works. Like, this is super cool that they're offering you this, but I, I want you to also know that we give most of the time and don't get anything in return. It's the, it's the joy that we receive for giving. And they were experiencing that joy. They were just getting, you know, a little bit, uh, a little bit. They were getting a plush panda in, 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 uh, in response. So the last one is to give because you believe in the goodness of God, which is a longer one than any of the others. So give because you believe in the goodness of God. Um, we give out of our desire to serve his purpose and advance his kingdom. So Luke 12, 34 says, For where your treasure is, there, is your, heart, there your heart will be also. And that is, we know, the crux of it. Um, of why I think all of us are here wanting to learn this. Of like, we, don't, we want our heart, we want their hearts to be. Um, we want their treasure to be the Lord and not their, their things. So the tactics we have for um, giving are let them experience giving for themselves. It teaches their hearts to be selfless rather than selfish um, because it's their money and their heart. You want them to give that act that you want them to have that experience. It's less about the amount and more about the action. So giving is a, is gratitude and action. Um, and like I've already mentioned, one of the easiest and best ways is just to let them give to our church. Give them, give to your church home, and they will just, um, it's just such an easy, fruitful way for them to start giving. Um, a couple of other tactics are, and Hands and Feet does a really good job of equipping us with a multitude of ideas of how our kids can participate in giving. And so I, I um, 
encourage you and when in that like if it I don't I didn't see actually what they're doing for the police officers but when I remember when they have a thing where they give to the postmen or post workers postal workers that you know give water bottles and all that well ask your kids if they want to contribute if you're doing homeless shelter bags or homeless bags see if they want to go in and buy one of the pieces in that let them let them use their money as they're giving to help contribute to your project um, whether it's a school collection or a vacation Bible school is doing a big project something that they can give to to the greater good let their hearts do it um, if they if they ask and want to give um, Another aspect, this was kind of convicting for me, was let your kids watch you give and explain to them what you're giving to and why. So easy to the point of like joking about Venmo, but online tithing, you know, like giving online, they don't see it half of the time like they used to. So um, when Compassion International came and gave, uh, gave Watermark members the opportunity to um, sponsor kids in El Salvador, we let our kids go to the table and say, hey, we're gonna get two boys. Go pick out those boys. And it has been such a difference of them. They, they know Christopher and they know Hamilton and they pray for him, they pray for them. They know we contribute to, to what their needs, but it just gave them that world, that perspective of, hey, it's not about you. There's boys that actually need help their families need help and it's just welcome them into that to giving we do um, one time my husband got a bonus and after we had given to the church we wanted to give to some other outside um, agencies or ministries and we had just served at brother bills which is one of my favorite places that our boys love to serve at their um, their grocery store place and um, when we asked the boys they're like can we give to that place that had the groceries because those those potatoes were so bad they you know they saw that when we went there that some of the fresh <laughs> food that they have is all that they can get and they're like they really need money because these people need good fresh vegetables so it was really sweet just to see their hearts and um, holidays crazy opportunities to serve and and give during the holidays with angel tree and shoebox and involve your kids in the process so let's move to our third bucket which is saving um, I love these two verses. The plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to pro poverty, which is Proverbs 21.5. And then Proverbs 21.20 says, In the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil, but a foolish man devours all he has. So saving was tricky when I was starting to um, prepare and, and come up with, because as adults, we save because we can't predict the future. We save because we wanna be more financially secure, we wanna have a safety net in case of emergencies, or we might have a major purchase that we're saving up for, or something that we're trying to, um, a project that we're saving for. But for kids, it, you, I think it falls into two buckets. You have small savings and you have big savings. And, but ultimately, what saving and teaching them about savings will teach them is how to set goals, how to be patient, determination, um, to show them self-control and restraint in in spending so that it can benefit them in the long run. So that 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 part of teaching them is just teaching them the discipline of saving. That self-control and restraint is going to benefit them versus instant gratification. And I know that's such an easy thing for them to get hung up on. So um, saving their money is a way to reach a goal. Uh, but by, by not spending it immediately, you're saving up for a different purpose. Some, and the, probably the best lesson in all of this is to learn that some things are worth waiting for and that, um, that we are in this instant gratification world, like some things are worth working for and waiting for 
and you will reap rewards with that diligence. And that is, this is the best way to teach them that. There's not a lot of opportunities for you to teach them, as, um, but savings really gets you there. Um, uh, let's see. I'm trying to see how much time we're having. So I, uh, the tactics that we have for saving, the number one that I have is to set a goal. Teach them how to set a goal. And I'll kind of break down the two buckets of like small savings versus big savings, but in this, it's, it's um, in regards to a small goal. So your child comes home, says they want that Lego set, that whatever name it, karaoke machine, I don't know, what do they want that you don't want to buy for them? And, <laughs> and I am, my typical bend is to be like, that's too expensive, you don't need that, that's silly. But <laughs> I was encouraged by one of the uh, ladies that I was reading was saying, what she says when her kids come up and say that she's like great how will you do that how are you going to do that how do you how are you going to get that karaoke machine how are you going to get that lego and she helps them sit down and make a plan so she offers them so is that offer coming up with a plan of like okay if this karaoke machine is twenty dollars how are you going to get twenty dollars and then even in that offering them additional ways to make money help them come up with that long-term plan they might walk away from it praise the lord nobody gets a karaoke machine or they might see it's totally worth it um uh, the other thing the other part about setting that goal and kind of the this is a sidebar is if your kid is not a good saver in in that they don't know how to hold that money maybe giving them an opportunity to hold it for them so is that is that an envelope that you keep for them that they're saving is that an actual savings account in your bank that you're opening up for them um just know that as they're setting those goals depending upon the goal that you're setting if it's a spending goal buying a karaoke machine it's okay for them to save that up in the bank if you don't think they're going to spend it but if it's a car that's a that's a, that's a different different place you want them to put that money most likely so um Kids can save for small toys, experiences. Maybe they really want to go to Adventure Landing. Great. Let's save up for that go-kart experience. Um, or, or if it's an experience that you, or if it's a bigger goal, like a camp. Maybe there's an overnight camp they want to go to. A trip, a car, a college. That is a goal that you sometimes as a parent give them and need to communicate to them. So, um, I know even in our group we have some that are saving their kids are saving up for a car with no intention to match and there are other ones that are saving up for a car where their parents will match but if you're communicating that to them now and they have a goal in mind it might be so far away but gosh they're going to totally see that that's putting it, it's something that they're saving for which is just so much more purposeful um share some of the goals that you might be saving for something that you and your husband might be saving for to do it, which tells them you know what it looks like in the future like this hey this is what we're saving for we have this conversation all the time our kids are always wondering why we're not buying new cars and i'm like because we're not saving up for buying a new car our cars are lovely um the last one under this under a tactic is just to check their hearts after they've achieved their goal and maybe gotten that item that they've worked towards um, and teach them those heart lessons so praise them for their determination and their patience that's a huge feat for a kid to wait and patiently save up for something but um and there's a dad you um pot, uh, there's a dad you recording where they talked about finances and they really spoke to this of after they have received that item that they've saved up for have that conversation with them so how are you feeling about that purchase now you know uh do you see the benefit of saving up for it wasn't that so great but then also teaching the heart in which we'll get into in this spending section of help them to connect the dots 
that saving up for that thing and that didn't bring them most likely was temporary happiness it wasn't going to get them the the joy the endless joy that they were hoping for i don't know karaoke machine might be a gift that keeps on giving or not i don't know <laughs> so totally subjective um all right so our last and final bucket is spending and this is the one where i know everybody's super good at I mean, most likely, that's probably what we're good at, is the spending. Mm -hmm. So go back to your first job. Think about that first job that you had and um, or that first apartment that you had to pay rent for or the first utility bill that you had to write or pay for or that first purchase that you made that was not a good choice, but at the time it really sounded awesome. I'm looking at you, Honda Coupe. Looking at you, Honda Coupe. Oh my gosh, I can't live back that Honda Coupe purchase. Um, uh, that is, these are those, these are those pieces that inform the choices that you recognized. Oh no, I'm not going to be able to do all that I needed to do because I'm going to have to spend it here. Most for, uh, you know, first and foremost. So this is an area where we want our children to have wisdom in, and because we know it makes a huge impact on how. Um, on their lives. It can change the trajectory of so many things. So how they ha handle money in the spending area is a window into their heart. And that is probably the biggest takeaway of why we want to teach them these next little these next little buckets. So these seem really simple, um, but I feel like it is it is something that is just a good reminder. And the first one is teaching them to spend wisely. There are some really, uh, that just teach them there's boundaries when it comes to spending money, making smart choices. These are all things that, that um, we wanna teach them. Uh, and I'll get into some tactics of how do you teach them to spend wisely. But one of the things that you probably also wanna teach them in the spending wisely is why you as a family spend money on your needs first and the other things second. So those are the budgetary items. So this is why food, shelter, utilities, transportation, have those conversations with your kids on, you know, um, we work so that we can pay for these things. And these are the most important. The other stuff is the fringe. And just seeing how, if you show them how we're spending, how you're spending your money wisely with those things, they will help, that will kind of help them understand um, their part and where they play of in the financial spectrum of your family. Um, the other thing to teach them is don't spend beyond their means. Uh, the math of life, good math of life. If you don't have the money, you can't buy the thing, which is gonna be really hard because they don't see us do that very often with the gold debit cards. But um, my favorite thing to ask them is when they say they wanna buy it, I say, how much money do you have? And they're like, but I don't have enough. And it's like, well, then you can't buy it. And you know, I'm not buying it for you. So this is a place where you can be the parent. You can be the parent to say, you know what, you don't have the money, I would love to bring you happiness and buy that thing for you, but I'm not. Or to veto their choices because you're like, this is not something that you can afford and so we're, I'm not gonna let you buy it. Um, but the biggest bucket under teaching them under spending is contentment. And, um, and that just to teach them that stuff doesn't bring happiness. And this is super easy to teach, but it's really hard to learn. It's hard for us to learn, it's hard for them to learn, um, but we know that God's word tells us, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Only God can supply our needs and true contentment is found only in him in God's love and doing his will. And um, our true happiness can only find, be found when we put 
when we put it in, in um, the relationship with God, we put our relationship with God over <coughs> earthly things. So uh, Rachel Cruz, back to David Ramsey, his daughter, she has like a YouTube channel and I was laughing because she had this phrase and at first I was like, Oh, that might be a stick. That might that that might be a point that I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to take with me and use this on my children. But she has a phrase. She says, "You can't buy happiness. You can buy fun, but you can't buy happiness." And at first, I was like, "Huh?" But then I was like, "That is a really good lesson for me to teach my kids because you can buy fun, buying that toy, buying that experience. That's super fun. I mean, you can we can spend money to enjoy our lives." The stuff isn't the bad. Isn't the bad. It's just not letting it take a hold of us. But I think that's the that's a good takeaway to teach my boys is that yeah, you can buy lots of fun, but this is not going to bring true happiness, true contentment, and true happiness only come from the Lord. Um, so as you're showing your kids an example of contentment in your life, this is one of those things that it's probably caught and not taught. Um, it's definitely caught and not taught. So even for us personally, are you using purchases as a way to make them happy or to make you happy? Um, you know, are, are you showing your kids this example of contentment in your life? Um, that God will supply all your needs in a way that he knows is best for you. Um, are you teaching them that we're not the owners, but we're the stewards? And are you trusting what God's best is for you? Um, are you showing your kids an attitude of, of gratitude? Are you complaining, restless, constantly talking about when you have the thing, then everything will be great. And this is probably that part for me that all my community group is sitting here laughing because this has been my lesson to learn. Um, I look back on, there's kind of two, there's kind of two points. When I look back on the lesson that the Lord had for us, it was a huge lesson in contentment for me personally <clears throat> that I walked through. And, um, but I look but I also look back at with huge regret because I didn't welcome our kids into the lesson that we were having at that time. And we made a concerted effort not to talk to them about it because we didn't want to, we didn't want to scare them that daddy didn't have a job and our community of course encouraged us to share it. But our oldest at the time was in, is in kindergarten. So he was five and um, our other one was two, you know. So we, we thought at the time that it was, a, it was just gonna, it was gonna be too confusing. But now when I look back on this and I see this, I just see a huge opportunity where I missed an opportunity to show them how God's people shows up when you are struggling or to even welcome them into the struggle. We had, our community was amazing. They were like life giving for us. And I wish I would have given my kids the opportunity to see us struggle and to see and how we didn't know how we were going to have groceries paid for and then they would get paid for it to show them the giving that people would give to us and what that looked like and to be on the receiving end. So um, contentment is a big thing, but also the lesson of when you are struggling in those areas and or when you gain ground to let your kids in there when they're um, just to see the vulnerability and where the Lord and how the Lord just beautifully orchestrates his people and his care for each of um, each of his children. So a tactic that some tactics for spending that are really simple and kind of no-brainers but just to reiterate is that we want to um, teach them how to be smart shoppers. So um, 
teach them how to make smart and informed purchases. So an easy way to do that is as you're shopping for things, to teach them to read the price tags and packaging when, they, when they're old enough. So, hey, we need to buy some pencils. Here is a four pack of pencils for $2, and here's a two pack of pencils for $4. Which would be the better purchase? You know, giving them the opportunities to see what smart shopping. You're already doing it all the time as a mom when you're in the store. Um, but this was really convicting to say, I don't usually um, price compare uh, in my brain out loud to them. Um, but I do I have a funny story about this. One time when my son was getting a little bit proficient in this, that we were at the grocery store and he saw me buy a type of sour, sour cream and he was like, that one's cheaper. I was like, yeah, but I like that brand. And I was like, oh son, don't, don't challenge me on brand loyalty. Your mom is like super brand loyal. I was like, oh, sorry. You are correct. This is the more expensive one, but I think it tastes better. You know, it was like, I'm so sorry. It's worth that extra penny. <laughs> but it was being a sharp, smart shopper. You know, it's kind of showing him that moment that yes, sometimes it's 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 you know if you know that this is a better product you can spend that money it justifies it makes sense um, let them see the physical money leave their hands it makes a more and lasting impression if you're giving them physical allowance this will be a lot easier to you you know when they're going up to make their purchases um, one of the ladies that I was uh, looking at her website she was making me laugh because she was like tell the attendant the lesson that they will be so much more patient with you if you tell them that this is what you're doing. She's like, if you roll up in there willy nilly, they're going to be so annoyed that your kid is throwing out quarters and touch. You'll be like, so this is a point, you know, like, like they, usually they're. She's like, just let them in on your um, on your teachable moment at that moment. This is probably hard for me. Let them make mistakes. Let them blow all that cash money. It's their money. Let them blow it so that they know what it feels like to have no money and what that means and how they are gonna need to then start from scratch, again, with the giving and the saving to spend another day. Um, we don't do a good job with this. And so this was really convicting for me of am I letting my kids make mistakes in front of this? And it's not a mistake, just let them see what it feels like to have nothing when they just had a bunch, you know? And let them feel that. Um, have them pay for things or split costs with purchases. So how much do you have is kind of the question I ask. Or is it something that you want to save up for? That might determine their, their answer, really what they want to spend for it. Um, we had this incident where my youngest was given the opportunity to, um, he told, he told um, my husband that they were, they were at the Bricks and Minifigs lovely Lego store. And my youngest had a minifig that he was going to buy. And it was $6 and he told Daddy, I have the $6. I will give it to you when we get home. Then he did not want to give it to <laughs> He dodged it for two days. He dodged it for two days. And we were like, Creighton's like, I'm going to let him sit in it. I'm going to let him a little bit. But then I'm going to, but because I think he was just holding so tight to see all of that money go. But we, of course, didn't let him play with the Lego <laughs> until, he, until he got it. But it was hard when he saw that actual transaction of, I'm going to hand you over this $6. It was like that that moment where it made it, it made it very real for him. Um, a couple of other resources or ideas as I was kind of finding other things that were really interesting around, around spending is um, a $100 budget example. This is based on, I, do, I have not read this book, I do not know anything about this guy, but his name is John Lanza and he, t he wrote a book called The Art of Allowance. And if you have older kids, I thought this was really a really um, smart way to teach them responsibility of a budget. So his idea is if you've got teens or tweens, or even as young, I think he said he, he started doing it when his boys were like, he, I think he said nine and 12. He sat them down, gave them each said, hey, I'm giving you, it's the month of October, 
I'm giving you, we're gonna do something new. I'm gonna give you $100. And I want to show you how you're gonna start budgeting this $100. And he said, so here's your gonna be your responsibilities that you're gonna spend of that $100. This means you're paying for all of your lunches at school. You're gonna pay for your haircuts. They were both boys. So you're gonna pay for your haircut. Um, by the way, it's Halloween. You're, that Halloween costume that you want, this is gonna come out of your budget and anything fun. So if we like go into the gas station and they say they want candy or whatever, he's like, that would be coming out of your budget. So he, they let, he gave very specific parameters around their boys. Here's your $100. This is what you're going to use it for. And he said, I thought my children would fail miserably and they actually showed up. He said it was so interesting. He had one son that had a, he's like going to that costume store those overpriced costume stores <laughs> with their kids. One guy, one he's like, one son realized, I don't need a new costume. I'm gonna recycle what I have. The other one, minute, you know, like real price shopped and did everything and got finally just got a mask that he really wanted and then everything else. But he decided to not do his haircut for that month. He said, okay, if I'm gonna buy this Halloween mask or whatever, I'm gonna not get my haircut this month. I'm gonna have to save it for the next month. But she, he said, but it was good because I could see them working it, you know, or hey, you're gonna have to pack your lunch because now you're gonna save. And so he said at first, I thought it was gonna be horrible, but that's a really cool idea. So just throwing that out there, it was the $100 a month, you know, responsibility budget talk. Kay Wyma also has a really good book, Cleaning House, that has really talks about um, heart issues. Um, Dad You podcast, as I mentioned before, that one's really good. So in closing, we'll finish up. Um, now that you've got all these principles, how do you want to implement them? Just start thinking, you know, how do you want to make a plan? What are the areas of, um, of that your kids are struggling with? Are they a spender? Is it something do you need to lean in there? Um, if they struggle with giving, do you need to give them more opportunities to serve so they can get that more compassionate heart? Um, if, it's, if it's struggling with saving, do you need to give them a goal? Um, all of those things. I think it's just to reiterate that we aren't the owners, we are the stewards. And um, just to be encouraged by that. I will close with a really cool story. Were you all doing the prayer book? You were the only one that did the prayer book, the praying book as our community group. I think you were the only ones here. We did a praying book. There is a book of prayer on prayer that we did um, as a community. And it's about praying and just the power of prayer. But there was one story that this dad gave that impacted me and I still remember it, and this was years ago. And he tells the story about being student of their children because him and his wife were super diligent about praying over their strengths and their weaknesses. And one of their daughter in particular, they had multiple children, they had like four or five kids, one of their daughter in particular really struggled with materialism and finding her value and worth and having nice things. And he's like, and we don't know where she got it from because we don't have nice things. We have five kids. Like we can't, we don't, we don't have the means for this. So he intently started praying just so desperately for those opportunities for her to find her worth and her value in the Lord and not in her things. And they recognized that they were going to have to treat her differently than any of the other children. So one of the things they did to, to do that was they told her that she was going to have to save up money for her car. And they didn't, they didn't say they were going to match it or anything. They were like, you, you know, at an early age, they're like, you're going to have to save up for money for their car. So 16 years of age comes and goes, or comes, and they're like, she was working so hard that year for 15, you know, her 15th year, she was working so hard for that money. But then when she realized the type of car that she could buy, she just lost it. And, um, and she wouldn't buy one because she didn't want to buy a car that wasn't going to be good enough. 
and because she had an expectation of, of wanting some type of car and she couldn't afford it and he's like we prayed through that year of her just that the Lord would just help her to surrender and recognize that part of her heart and so sure enough and um, by the time she was going to graduate she finally recognized that that was really the only car that she was going to get and she purchased a car and now as an adult he said she looks back on it and was like I see you dad I see what you did you know and just knowing that that was an area of her heart that they just needed to lean in and just her um, thankfulness for them to teach her and pray over her that lesson as she struggled and that they didn't give in and that was super empowering and powerful to me just to hear their dedication and their faith in the Lord to meet her where she was and that they knew that they were going to have to draw some hard lines in order to teach her that lesson. So I close with that and um, we'll open up with questions. Do you have any questions about the chart or anything else? It's okay if you don't. I have a, on savings. A question on savings, in yes. In research, did you find kind of a recommended, like I know like we have a financial planner that we meet yes. with, and he, there's a certain percentage of our total income that needs to be saving. Yes. And tithing, and then that's your spending bucket. For children, have you seen that? formula no and that was what was so funny is I never really saw anything I know you have a is it 2020 50 25 25 50 so 50 so 50 spend 25 yes so 50 spend 25 saves 25 give and that was so tricky because you savings is so it there's not a lot of information out there biblically because it's like it all depends on your family. Is there a teachable goal that you want to give to them or is it just about the little things? And so I am sure that Faith and Finances probably also has a recommendation, but I did not look and see what there was. But yeah, there wasn't anything that I saw. It's called, um, Ramsey's is called Financial Peace. Financial Peace Junior. Junior. Or, Financial Peace Junior yes, by David Ramsey. School, okay. They changed it, I think, to maybe Smart Money, Smart Kids. Smart Money, Smart Kids is the new, yes. Um, but he has, I feel like he has a formula, and I don't remember what it is. Yeah. It wasn't the, it might be one third, one third, one third, mm -hmm. but we had trouble breaking up that last penny. So, so spending up more when we try it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which and that was. I feel like spending, it was like mm -hmm. 30 savings, 10 tithe, and then spending. Yeah. And I think that's the tricky part about all of this being not an essential of the faith is it's so subjective. I mean, and it depends on your bend. And so that's why I never really found. Or is savings forever, is savings spendable? Correct. Is savings spendable? Right. Because in our world as adults, it is spendable, <laughs> ideally. I mean, like you're saving up for a, or an emergency. And so we, I mean, or not. <laughs> but, you know. But okay, but that's another different question, which I don't even talk about. But there are some camps that want to talk about investing in retirement and all of that, and I I just didn't even go there. But but or yes, but even savings, but even saving versus investing, yeah, and that's like investing in your future, you know, or, or however you deem that. And other question, yes. So I'm coming away with some fantastic ideas. Thank you. did really great. I cannot wait to implement this in my home. But then I think about implementing this in my home, and I'm like, oh, wait, I'm only half. I'm not even half. I'm the 49%, right, of this decision-making process. And how we're going to teach our children about finances, my accountant husband is going to have a lot to say. Yes. So I find that I'm, I'm anticipating that to be a clunky conversation when I'm like, hey, look, here's our new system for our right. children and how we're going to teach them about money. So 
suggestions on how you would navigate that? How you would navigate that? we are that. not necessarily you are not decision alone. makers in our home, nor are we faulty. Yeah. No, that is really hard. And I, I will say, I, you know, we don't do this well. Um, but I think, I think that's the hard part of, it's the season that they're in and you can, you can mess up and change your system. I mean, I think for us, it's just starting something. And if it doesn't work, like the apps or whatever, if it doesn't work, then try something new. And I think that's when it comes down to the heart of your kids. Because I think that's where you can come into agreement with a spouse is that, okay, can we agree that we see this area of weakness or area of improvement in our child? How do we parent against this? And so that's what your driver is. Um, for me, I don't care that much about chores. I care more about their hearts and, so, and, and how they're treating others, which is why I manage yourself is more predominantly about that, is their attitudes and their, their overall, their character. Whereas, but you could totally use this manage yourself charts to make all of the chores get done. But I mean, that's just not where we are right now. But for my sister who has teenagers, their drive is a little bit different. So she's like, you want to make the money, then I'm going to put you to work. You know, like, they because they want them, they need, they want the money. Like, the and they're so life. much more capable. Yeah. And so that changes things too, for sure. So, um, yeah, I think that's hard. It's a, it's a hard spot where, but I, where you could probably land is, all right, then let's just watch and wait and see what area. Because I feel like if you start and implement a plan, somebody's going to get, it's going to get, um, Bristly. And so you're like, okay, so that's an area that we might need to work on because it seems like that's really hard for you to put that 25% in the giving. So even starting something shows their heart. I hear you. Anything else? Great question. So something we've been talking a lot kind of back and forth, the husband and I are like, just the whole chores allowance, that do they really necessarily need to be tied together? Because on one in one camp, you've got the you get paid for everything you do. But on the other camp, you've got the, well, you're a part of this family. Uh -huh. As a part of this family, you do your chores. Totally. Absolutely. If I didn't do your laundry, you wouldn't have any clothes to wear. That's what... You know what I mean? Like, yes. I don't get paid for that. No, absolutely. You and you know? yeah. Yes, so absolutely. Like, and that, that was the... Mm -hmm. Yes, reconcile. Yes. Because, oh, yeah. This goes back to start something uh -huh. and see how it goes. Okay. And the age of the child. I mean, because we're I'm five and three. Right, for sure. So, so chores and just doing something and making the money is probably all you need okay. to to teach them right now. We do dishwasher, and she gets the bathroom trash like on Sundays because the trash goes. Great, day. but uh -huh. that is like if you choose to do it, you'll get paid for it. But okay, if you, like if I have to do it, you get nothing. But I do. I was like, I'm not paying. So you then, but then, do you also have you know, <laughs> other things that they do and don't get paid? Like it's just yeah. yeah so. Yes, we, because yeah, we have a living Because I can see, I get, my five-year-old is real, like, he picks up on things real fast. Yeah. I see him going, well, I'm not going to get paid for hanging up my shirts in my closet, so why would I do it? Yeah. I, I can see, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I can like, see him going, like, well, I'm not going to get paid for that. So if that's the issue, then I, then that's where I would specifically say, here, you know, oh, so. so that's why I would, like, I just, yes. I've been so no, hesitant to start that. Totally. Because like, oh, we did cotton ball jars for a while, right? That's from the thing we, from here. But, which was great, worked really well for a while. But after a while, it's like, what well, am I going to get a cotton ball for that? Yeah, am I, and I'm going to be rewarded? Well, she might lose one for a bad attitude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. I mean, That's or if you idea. decide you're not going to do the closet and yeah. I have to, then you can give me one cotton ball back, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's, that's and that's kind of part of, we didn't start this. I didn't start this until last year because of that reason of like, I just couldn't navigate with that's mine being, when mine being three yeah. years apart, I couldn't navigate how to do it. But now that they're in school, I, there's a lot more responsibilities that you're in school. Like that is, we need you to be there, you know? And so, and so I need you to be, but so what she does, so. behavior chart is so much more of a behavior chart with an incentive than Correct. Correct. Right. Correct. But but if that's not where you are, fine. Like so, what what Mandy joked about the fact that she just started implementing this because what she did was she during the summer she puts money cards out and she was you know she does chore cards uh -huh. and they they can pick or if it's a discipline tactic if you don't uh -huh. if you're being disrespectful go pick a stick is what she'll do and the, the stick says sweep the floors so she would do it she's done it either way and multiple multiple different ways of doing it but in the, if that's the case then you pick the chores and give him a dollar amount or cent amount and let him earn and then I mean, that's the easiest first place to start is to say okay I'm gonna pay you for what you do right. and the other stuff is so too subjective for you right now so we're you're not ready to learn or Start this and see how it goes. I mean, like that. Here's that's the freedom. I'm still stuck on the like some like the last stuff you just need to do it. Just need to do it. For sure. You know, so I yeah. Think that's where I'm still like. I'm, I'm say, I say I'm you? like you're a citizen of this house. Like, you yeah. Know, you gotta, I'm like we're a team. Like, you can't leave. Yeah. We're a team player. No, absolutely. Well, and this also goes back to if. Yes, which is what this, this is. This is what you do to remember a household, and then this is what you do to earn. So that's what this is. So on this, that's what this is. Their expectations right here are the stuff that I'm expecting them to do, and then this part. That's right. And then this part is there. Some of them are some of them are expectations, but some of them are like if you're not doing this, you're going to lose money. And that's why I love this because it's like it's your salute. It's your salute. Mm hmm. Yeah, which some kids respond to. If they don't, try something, you know, try it, you know. But I just like it, too, that you can put any amount to it that you want. Yes. Okay. Just the star, you know, and you could do a star a day if you wanted, but I feel like there's the star of day okay. doesn't, doesn't make, doesn't give you the, um, I mean, they could blow it, and then they're, right. then they're just toasty for the rest of the day, and that doesn't bless no, anyone. Right. It's not going to be a good day. Yeah. yeah. of, well, lost that was point. Right, right, yeah. Oh, totally. Absolutely. And I second what you said, Casey. Like, I feel like just start something because we've changed. I want to say over the years, I mean, we started really early with ours. I mean, I have a picture of our little girl at two and a half giving her first tie at Watermark, and she was so proud of herself. And we, had, we worked really hard at this. But then we have changed chore charts. We The only thing that we've kept the same tweaking. over time mm -hmm. has been the fact that you spend, you save, and you give. Do you, like, have, do, you do that? Do you? weekly, monthly, how often do they give? We've saved ours and just been like, Beautiful. let's see what happens, like what comes up that you like to get. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it'll grow and like we went to Vacation Bible School and they were like, hey, we want to give and I was like, okay, so go look and see what you have and they give and we hadn't given in a while so they're like, oh, but then there have been other times we've been like, hey, it's Christmas and we're going to go do the shoebox 
we're going to the dollar store. Who's bringing their money? And they're, oh, we want to do that. We want to so like it's just. Yes, give them the opportunities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that, that I, I totally see the legalism of <laughs> how I was raised, and that's where, like, if it says it's about, and you know, you don't want to do it out of. Yes. Oh my gosh, the pressure of the plate. The pressure of the plate. <laughs> so true. <laughs> so true. We've even done. I told them we've done this. Our school has a raffle, and my son. It did, it's a benefit to the school, and so my son was like, "If I buy a raffle ticket, it comes out a give, but I can earn fifteen hundred dollars." And I'm like, "Go for it, man!" Yep, there you go. It goes kind of against what you're saying is the give to get. No, but. But that, and I don't really get into the big bucket of like giving to the church versus giving to other outside ministries. I mean, our assumption is that you definitely want to teach your kids that you want to give back to the place where you're being fed, and that you know that. But you also. In these early years, it might be more tangible for them to learn if they're giving to the the things that directly impact them in such a way, or just see the freedom in it. You know, like you can teach those lessons along the way, both church and other things.